welcome to episode 40 of the Ignite Talks podcast. I have Jazz here with me today. Jazz, Hi. how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Do you prefer Jazz? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. What's going on? Too much. Friday? Yes. Friday for you? Yes. Yep. yep. Nice. Do you, is Friday, because like obviously you're a PT, is Friday uh, the end of your week or? Yeah, yeah. So Friday is normally actually a half day. Yeah. I normally smash everything out Monday to Thursday and then I do admin yeah. Friday, Saturday and sometimes Sunday. Yeah. Nah, cool. So we'll get into all of that, um, but first, what are you watching on Netflix? Um, finishing off Friends again. Friends, I think it's like the yeah. third time I'm watching it. Yeah, that, <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. It's better every time. Yeah. It's um, definitely one of those shows that you can just put on and watch and not have to worry about following it too much. Yes. And then you can just start anywhere. So Absolutely, yeah. 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 Just Friends, nothing else? Not watching um, like um, House of Dragon or anything? No idea what that is, to be honest. Game of Thrones? You've never seen that? No. Oh, jeez. No. All right, that's fair. Brooklyn 99, they've released oh, a yeah? new season. Yep. Um, I've got to watch that. I haven't started, though, um, but I'm really looking forward to that. Is that, last, like, is that their last season? That I've got no or? idea, probably. Yeah, because, jeez, I, I remember watching that when it first came out, and it was hilarious, obviously, and I found when... Um, What's her name? When Gina's character left, it sort of went a little downhill yes. a little bit. Yes, yeah. I think that's why I'm kind of putting it off. Yeah. Because I don't want to watch it and be shit. Yeah. Like, I wanted to end on a good note, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, are you reading anything? Um, nothing, like, book-wise. Like, always reading articles about exercise yeah. and that kind of nerdy yeah. stuff. But, yeah, nothing. No book-wise, no. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, that's fair. Like, I think if you enjoy reading that sort of stuff and if it's professionally gonna yeah then why not yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah cool any recommendations books On, movies tvs tv I'm the shows worst person to ask. No. i really am yeah yeah <laughs> no i wouldn't tell you anything no. no one else has already told you yeah, fair yeah. Enough. <laughs> what about podcasts you listen to podcasts or anything? um i was listening to one and his name's gone completely out of my head danny something okay um he's big on social media um and yeah he debunks a lot of myths it's really yeah. interesting to listen to like sort of science myths or yeah, social like exercise science myths, science yeah. myths. Yeah. um but then also like financial she's on the money it's pretty interesting. oh yeah yeah um i really enjoyed hers yeah. um yeah that's been going on for ages yeah. like everyone loves that, that yeah I still yeah. haven't watched them all. Yeah. Have you <laughs> read the books? Because they, they've no. released a couple of books as well, haven't no. they? No. Nah, no. I've not read them. Yeah. Have you? No, I haven't. Um, They're probably good. Yeah. They, they probably are. That sort of stuff just doesn't really interest me. Like, I'm yeah. sort of more about, I don't know, like, I love Stoic philosophy sort of books and that sort of mindfulness sort of books. But yeah. Yeah. The financial stuff just... It, I understand the importance <laughs> of it and how it can help, but it just doesn't really interest me. You know, like, That's money's good. not a big sort of thing for me. So that's yeah. fair. Yeah. So t- tell us a bit about yourself. You're a PT, um, yes. exercise sports science background. Yes. Yeah. So, um, where to start? So, yeah. I'm exercise scientist. Um, yeah. and then, yeah, I coach, um, people and help them return to exercise, um, commonly due to like arthritis or some kind of yeah, joint okay. pain or muscular issues, yep. um, and work through that with them. Yeah. yeah. So background and please correct me if I get this wrong. Cause yep. I actually don't know 
if it's exercise sports science or exercise science is it one yeah. and the same yeah um so my degree is exercise and sports science yeah. um and so i've come out as a accredited exercise scientist my degree doesn't actually allow me to come out as an exercise sports scientist right. which is really controversial apparently well, what's um, the, is it just a difference of there's not much who you difference. see and your clientele and that sort of oh, stuff b- there's barely a difference yeah. as an exercise scientist you see kind of everyone sports scientists just a little bit more advanced in yeah, the right. sporting area yep. um but unfortunately deacon doesn't offer that yeah okay so how how long ago have you or when did you finish that degree um so i finished oh, nearly a year ago okay yeah yeah so my, it took me longer because I did two majors, yeah, um, which right. Deacon don't offer in the normal three years. Yeah. What were those two majors? Um, it was exercise physiology and sports nutrition. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Did you love the nutrition side of, of that? It was really interesting. Yeah. 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 We had a lot of um, lecturers that were from like the AFL. Okay. Um, so a lot of like, like they were just so contemporary with what they were doing and yeah. everything. Um, it was really eye-opening. Yeah. Yeah. What can when when you say contemporary, like what what do you mean by that? Um, oh, like probably the first example I think of is thinking about um, like muscle cramps. Yeah. Okay. Um, they address it almost. Well, one of them addresses it almost as a, like a um, mental issue. Um, yeah, like right. she gives them um, salt tablets that aren't at the right timing to do something physiologically. Yeah. But they don't get cramps. Okay. So it's like a like a placebo, almost. literally a yeah. placebo. Yeah. But if someone was to kind of tell you they did that ten years ago, they'd think them a bit of a witch, like a bit yeah. of un- really unusual. Yeah. Um. So yeah. And that that must obviously play on the on the athletes or the clients, sort of psych- psychologically. That must help yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like she says, it doesn't make any sense sometimes, but yeah. they don't get any cramps. So why, why question it? Yeah. Like just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's interesting. Cause I think, um, just like before we went on, we were talking about like, um, powerlifting, that sort yes. of stuff. And, um, a lot of guys that I chat to, they say they don't take, or they take like a non-stim pre-workout, yeah. not because just the routine and the ritual of having something like that. Um, mentally gives them the edge or makes them think that they're going to just go beast mode, you know? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. I think it's very, like, underrated the effect your mental kind of mindset can have on any sport or exercise. Um, You know, if you get out of a routine, that can completely destroy your game day. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's really interesting. And that's probably, like, those, like, when you talk about the one or the five percenters, that splits the, like advance to the elite you know yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah it's yeah. just the smallest things yeah so what what led you into wanting to do that at uni exercise science yeah um long story short i was diagnosed with chronic diseases and i went to a lot of pain management specialists yeah. and they just wanted to prescribe painkillers um and i wanted to find a way that i could still treat the disease or help manage the disease without just popping pills yeah um and then it led me to meet an exercise physiologist um and then it's been just that way ever since yeah Yeah. so so they're obviously two approaches to um managing like chronic diseases so you have like your pill popping like your drugs and pharmaceuticals yeah pharmaceuticals yeah and then how how would you approach it from a exercise science um obviously depends on the condition um you know you've got things like osteoporosis or osteopenia um which is like um basically weak bones um poor bone structure and that increases risk of fractures if you go to a gp or doctor nine times out of ten they'll give you pirelli or some kind of injection or or tablet um 
just to make the bone stronger to prevent these fractures. But from an exercise size point of view, they should be lifting weights. Yeah. Lifting weights have been proven to strengthen the bones, especially those with osteoporosis, osteopenia. Yeah. So that's how we would tackle it. Because I've I've heard that as well about like um, resistance training and strength training for lack of a better term, helping with like bone increase or development or density. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I don't know the yeah, technical no, you're terms, right. but yeah. how like what's the science behind that? How does because you think about that sort of resistance training and you think of oh that's for your muscles and that. So then how does that improve bone density? Um, that's probably a very specific question. Very superficially, it's more like the more load you put under your body, whether it's a bone, a muscle or whatever it is, it's got to adapt to that. So it's got to get stronger. Obviously within reason, like not saying go lift up a ridiculous amount of weight, but um, progressively overloading, which I'm sure many people have heard. um, It just helps the body adapt to those conditions. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, yeah, because I think everyone should be doing some form of resistance training i know probably people have different opinions on that but i think and the research probably suggests and um, probably agrees with it as well that for longevity it's probably one of the best things you could do for your body yeah from the top of my head and all the research i've done i can't think of a single person that shouldn't be doing any form of resistance training with like a very um strategic approach to it like you said not just never touching a weight and then going in and trying squatting a hundred kilos. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Not to say yet yeah, you've just been a couch potato yeah. or just enjoying sitting down on the couch and then you go to the gym and smash it. It's yeah. not like that. You've got to obviously approach it yeah. the right way. That's yeah. really cool that, um, I really love when people are in fields or careers because of like, because they have something that they're struggling with or that, um, yeah, like yourself, and then they, they want to go help it. and change yeah. the industry and help others in similar positions. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. you mentioned chronic diseases. Do you want to yes. go into some of those ones? That sure. Yeah. Which ones do you want to go into? Uh, let's go with the the one that I see you talking a lot about, which is, um, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong, um, rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah, that's did I say right. That right. Yeah, rheumatoid yeah. arthritis. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, what do you want to know about it? What is it? Uh, so I guess arthritis, everyone kind of knows or assumes they know. Yeah. Like it's just joint inflammation, yeah. um, issues in the joint. Rheumatoid is when it's an autoimmune type. Okay. Um, so it's your body basically fighting against itself and destroying the joints. Yeah. Um, so I know people think arthritis, they think the elderly. Um, it actually can affect anyone yeah. of any age. Yeah. Um, so I was diagnosed, I think, when I was... 16, yeah. 17. And, it and took what me... were you just noticing? Like real aches in your joints oh, and bones? Yeah, yeah, like my joints were swollen. They were red. They were so sore. Um, and it took me years to get diagnosed because I'm so young. I'm not supposed yeah. to have arthritis. Um, but yeah. Do you remember was... the, the tipping point? Because you obviously would have been seeing doctors and specialists yeah. and everything. Was there one, like, did you just keep going back and seeing different specialists? And was there just the one that was like, oh, no, it's this. So, oh, it, kind of a bit tricky one. I accidentally found my rheumatologist. Okay. I was in the hospital for um, hemorrhaging post-surgery. I have a bleeding disorder. Yep. Um, and he, I was kind of chatting to him about all my other symptoms. And he was like, you probably have uh, rheumatoid arthritis. Come and see me um, once you're out. And I did. And I got diagnosed. Yep. 
And what sort of what sort of tests do they do? It's just a blood that? test. Um, yeah. Normally, so they test rheumatoid factors. So you test positive or negative. Um, if you're positive, it's a straight you've got rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. If it's a negative, they do further investigations into um, imaging. So they'll inject you with a dye um, and then they put you under, I think it's an MRI CAT scan and it can see how the yeah. dye and it shows the joints and the health. And where, um, where it goes to. And you can see yeah. the decay. Right. Yeah, so if you have decay, then, then they go, yep, you have the rheumatoid arthritis, um, which is another bit controversial thing. If you're negative to the rheumatoid factor, GPs won't actually consider you to have rheumatoid arthritis, even okay. if rheumatologists said you have it. So is it one of those things that then you just need to keep pushing? Yeah. 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 And you just kind of like nod your head and be like, yeah, whatever. That's yeah. fine. My rheumatologist is looking up. <laughs> yeah. So like how, cause that must be, and I'm imagining that you, some days you would still wake up and be in quite a bit of pain. Um, I or, like generally haven't had pain in about a year, okay. maybe a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Like I used to have a lot of flare ups when I was cold. Um, I could be walk, see me walk around like a stiff old yeah. lady. Um, but yeah, like genuinely, I haven't had yeah. any pain for so, so like quite a while. So how how do you go managing that? Um, it has been um, like with some supplements, yeah. um, but most of the pain has been reduced through exercise. Yeah. Um, and I know it might sound like I'm saying that just because I'm an exercise scientist, but like yeah. it truly has been. Um, yeah, it's been amazing yeah. seeing that effect. Yeah. Yeah, that that's incredible because that must be like. When, when you first got diagnosed with it, were you sort of just like, oh, shit, this is like the end of the world sort of? Yeah, Like in yeah. a real pessimistic way? Kind of, yeah. yeah. I did have a really good rheumatologist though, and he was like, look, you can try these medications or you can try taking this supplement. You can go see this exercise physiologist, see how you go. If you don't have any luck with them, come back to me and I'll prescribe you this stuff. Yeah. He kind of gave me the options. Um, and I think because we did catch it, I know it was several years later, yeah. but it was still considered quite early. Um, I was able to get on top of it yeah. within a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. So how, how do they determine how early it is? Like just um, on, like you said, the decay of some of the joints. Yeah. And like how much they've deteriorated, but also I guess they kind of base it off symptoms. Like if you've yeah. only had symptoms for six months or, you know, 20 years, obviously yeah. that they, they kind of judge it off that as well. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. And to some of your, because you were saying as well, you have your own clients and whatnot. To some of your clients struggling with the same rheumatoid arthritis yeah, as well? Yeah. Yeah. We've got a couple yeah. clients who got rheumatoid arthritis or osteoarthritis, um, a couple of other versions like Stills disease, um, yeah. lupus, Lyme disease, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, or they kind of, all those diseases, sorry, kind of um, have the similar component of joint pain. Yeah. Um, and we just navigate that. Obviously, um, communicating with their rheumatologists or their GPs um, and ensuring that the exercise load they're doing is suitable for them. Yes. And what other, is there specific sort of exercises that you would be programming or getting them to do? Yeah. Um, and I guess that's a really loaded question because it yeah. depends on like their disease, where they're yeah, at. Yeah, it's definitely um, individualized yeah, as well. Yeah, where their arthritis is. Like yep. it's, it's really, yeah, like I could write a whole list of saying like, if this is the person that comes in, this is probably what I'll do with them. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So if like, let, let's say it's in your knees, for example, yeah. would you then be recommending like squats or like those sort of lower knee leg exercises? Kind <laughs> knee of, exercise. yeah. <laughs> um, I would probably isolate it a little bit more. Yeah. You'll find people, um, they do have like rheumatoid arthritis in their knees. They can barely get out of a chair. Yeah. So squatting is probably a little bit too advanced. It's something they could definitely do on that track. Yeah. Um, something as simple as like an isometric um, leg extension. Yep. Um, or even just sits to stands. Like if they have a really tall chair and they just get out of it and into it, it really depends where they're at. 
Um, yep. You know, if I have an 80-year-old compared to a 15-year-old, I'm going to approach that very differently. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So that, like, someone that has rheumatoid arthritis, that must impact their life greatly. Um, and then you were saying you have some other chronic diseases as yes. well, like on top of that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a whole list. Um, so I have, I spoke about Izzy's podcast as well. I, I have... Yeah, right. um, Reflex synthetic dystrophy, or it's, I did not say that right at all, or it's called chronic regional pain syndrome. Yeah. So it's a form of nerve damage in your foot. Okay. Also, not my, a foot, sorry, my yeah. foot. <laughs> it could be anywhere in the body. Um, so I was diagnosed when I was eight, um, and that's basically this this really weird um, reaction your body has to an initial injury. It still thinks it's injured okay. months, years later, even when imaging shows there's no injury still yeah. there. And did that come about from injuring that foot in the first place i don't even know how i did it but i broke my foot okay <laughs> there's like there's x-rays proving i yeah. broke it i don't know how that happened yeah. when that happened but um yeah yeah and I'd... then your physically your foot heals yes but um it, it doesn't <laughs> yeah li- literally yeah, yeah. so yeah. like the so body like they'll do x-rays and yes. there'll be no fracture or whatever yep. in there but the body still reacts as if there is I can literally show you x-rays later after this podcast. Yeah. Like you can see that I've got a, a floating bone around in one of my toes. Um, and then, you know, years later, I've had it done again and it's all joint. Yeah. It's looking normal, but my body reacts as if it's still broken. Um, so it'll swell up, it'll get red, it'll turn purple, black, pink, any color you can imagine yeah. it will turn. Um, there was one point you couldn't even touch it. Like I'd be screaming in pain. Like yeah. it was as if um, someone had shot my foot yeah. constantly every day. Wow. Um, and like, again, like I haven't been in pain maybe f- three years for it. Um, did flare up a little bit when I did my ankle cause it's all correlated. So if you sprain or injure the yeah. area again, you're at risk of, um, coming out of remission, yeah. um, and developing those symptoms again. But I got that. Under. So does that just flare up again? Does it? Yeah. After yeah. doing an injury again, it can. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that might, and that if. It feels like it's broken. That must be just absolutely excruciating. Yeah. Yeah. For years on yeah. end. Yeah. It was horrible. And it's gotten better now. I'm yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. No pain. Yeah. 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 But it's always something that'll linger there. Like I said, if you were to inflame or injure a similar yeah. area. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so originally started in my toe, then it was in my foot. And then when I got it into remission, it was just ended at my foot. And then obviously re-injuring my ankle, uh, we will really um concerned about it yeah. developing in my ankle and spreading up further do, but do they know why that happens no nah. nah, <laughs> it's, it's a just... medical mystery <laughs> yeah yeah um, it's, yeah i've got a lot of medical mysteries yeah. that's great i'd never yeah. even what, what was that called again Sorry. um so reflex synthetic dystrophy rsd or it's called yeah. chronic regional pain syndrome i think it's type two because there's okay. two types um there's one i believe the other one occurs when there's no initial injury Oh, okay. It just, I'm pretty okay. sure it's been a while since I've done all the yeah. research, but yeah, um, apparently it came up in the World War Two. Yeah. Um, when in, like soldiers getting shot and the bullet wound was healing, but they still complained yeah. of the same symptoms. That must really be that must be terrifying. Like, because potentially you could go to bed and it'd be fine, and then mm. wake up in the morning and it's swollen, black, bruised. Yeah. Like, no one can touch it. I'm no screaming in pain. It. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, well. Did someone like stab me? In yeah, my foot yeah. While I was asleep. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really it's yeah. interesting. Yeah, mm. and then there's other 
chronic diseases as yeah, well? So yeah, so I had um, chronic migraines as well. Um, that's all under the wraps. Um, we found out it was coming from stage three Lyme disease, okay. um, which is also um, almost in remission from. Yeah. Um, just got to get over the fence. Um, yep. So that led to PCOS and endo just being diagnosed. So I had to have surgery for that. So once I've recovered from surgery, hopefully I'll be in remission yeah. from Lyme. So what's Lyme, what is Lyme disease? Is, uh, that, is that another autoimmune system? Kind of, yeah. It's yeah. a really misunderstood disease. Like I think it's got to be the most misunderstood disease in Australia. Um, the current understanding from a GP's point of view is it's a bacteria infection. Um, it enters your body through a tick bite. Okay. Um, and then you can get rid of it six weeks of the antibiotics. Um, yep. That's based off, unfortunately, a really old study. There's new research being done in Germany and America showing that you get bitten by a tick. Um, if you're not treated within the first, I think it's six weeks, um, then you're into stage two. Um, yep. And then I wasn't treated for about six years. Wow. So the bacteria had traveled to most of my organs and it damaged those. So that's yep. where the arthritis, we think yeah. that's what led to the okay. rheumatoid arthritis and chronic migraines because it got to my brain and stuff like that. Yeah, because you think about ticks like they're so microscopic. Yeah. Like you could be bitten by one and not know as you I never knew. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And if it was six years later, like it's not like you can just look all over your body and yes. think, oh, there's a bite mark. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's a crazy disease. Like so it's, do you yeah. think that, because it sounds like you were saying that it's, or the doctors and specialists and whatnot are tracing it all back to potentially that so then all of these other ones is just sort of like Coming a flow-on effect almost yeah so the first nerve damage we think is just a coincidence yeah um and then the lyme disease was obviously misdiagnosed or undiagnosed for so many years um and then it led to you know your rheumatoid your um chronic migraines chronic headaches yeah yep. endopicos all these other things um and so yeah that's yeah. the but it's, it's all really misunderstood they yeah. don't know it's a guessing game yeah. unfortunately especially in australia the medical system's not up to date with um everything that's going on yeah. in the rest of the countries um so yeah and it, it sounds as though like um it's all manageable at the moment for yourself it is and yeah. it's not supposed to be um, oh really no stage three they don't think you can come back from um stage so, Stage three, Lyme disease. So it means when it reaches your brain, because it crosses the blood-brain barrier and they don't know enough medications or supplements or anything that can cross that um, barrier to be able to kill the bacteria that's in your brain. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. That that must make you feel pretty special then. Yeah. (laughs) To to a degree. Yeah. 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 It's it's very eye-opening. Like, um, obviously, I do a lot of research into it as well. Yeah. and there was a research done with 20 dementia, Alzheimer, and multiple sclerosis patients in Germany, and 19 of them had Lyme disease. Wow. Um, these people had all passed, yeah. but they consider that stage yeah. three. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, there's obviously things that you're specifically doing to stay on top of it, yeah. other than just exercise. Yeah, obviously. of course. Yeah, yeah, obviously exercise isn't going to cure that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's obviously heaps of things. So I went to Queensland, um, and I did... Um, what people might think is a typical cancer treatment. Like they do it in Mexico, they do hypothermia. Um, They do a lot of intravenous um, treatments as well. Um, Oxygen therapy um, and and infrared and all that other stuff. Um, And that I think really hit the nail on the head. Um, It made me really sick, like I couldn't walk. I was very weak. Um, It was horrible to to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so that's taken me a while to get back from that. But then I've been on um, a couple of different medications, not too many, Um, supplements, 
um, different treatments um, and then even just things like habits like the, the, like the effects that sleeping has on me like if yeah. I don't wake up and go to bed at the same time I am so sick yeah. um, diet like yeah just everything the, like the that. duration of sleep as well because we, yeah. we, all, we all understand and know how important sleep is into recovery absolutely yeah. but especially when my body is fighting this big disease yeah. I need even longer yeah. 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 So when when you say longer, we talking like ten plus ish hours. <laughs> um, oh, look, I I try to go to bed nine thirty ten o'clock. Um, yeah. If I wake up at seven, that's a pretty good sleep. Yeah. Um, but there was at one point, I think I was sleeping like eighteen hours, yeah. sixteen hours a day, and that was when I was really bad. Yeah. Um, but my body just needed it. I couldn't function. Yeah. I really couldn't without yeah. it. Well, yeah. That- like if it if you're saying it's likened to cancer treatments, like yeah. we, we know how intensive cancer treatments can it be. It literally yeah. destroys your body. Yeah, because yeah. you're essentially rebooting your immune system, aren't you? You're like, forcing yeah. your immune system to actually work. Yeah. And like the hypothermia, like they just had someone die in Malaysia from the hypothermia. Like it literally does that much pressure on your yeah. body. It's it's. What's that treatment like? It's horrible. Yeah. I could not do it again. Yeah. Like if I had to, I choose not yeah. to. Um, you have to go in like, it's kind of like a swag. Okay. Um, and they have these massive light things on top of your stomach when, and your chest when you're lying down. Um, and they basically heat your body up to the point that it goes into flight or fight mode. Um, and it forces your immune system to start working overdrive. Yeah. Um, and while you're in there, they do a lot of intravenous stuff. Um, they have like a um, ECG on to make sure your heart's not going to yeah. fail or no irregularities. Um, and I think you're in there for maybe um, an hour and a half. Wow. Um, and then you have about half an hour to cool down or something like that. Um, and in Australia, unfortunately, you can't go under sedation. So you have to be awake the whole process. Yeah. It's so then, great. And then that obviously dehydrates you as well. Yeah. Like You sweat so yeah. much. Like it's disgusting. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully you never have to go. I'm back not going back. No, yeah. stop that. <laughs> I, I, can't. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. Because that was four days a week for a month. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! I was not once off. Yeah. No. When, when you explained, I was like, oh, hour and a half, and then four. Yeah. Wow, four days a week. And then you go home, you sleep, yeah. you wake up, you need to repeat. Yeah. Jeez, that's scary. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Mm. Jeez, I'm, I'm actually taken back by that. Yeah. That's intense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. so um, so that that was sort of like the reason why you started to, or why you ventured into that yeah. exercise science space. Yeah. Um, you're also a PT? Um, so technically I can train as under a PT. I call okay. myself a PT just because a lot of people don't know what exercise science is. Yeah. Um, and I think people feel more comfortable working with a personal trainer rather than yeah. Someone that's a scientist because yeah. I think it's a little bit scarier. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Like you're just going to take them to a lab. Yeah, and run all these tests. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If if you did want to sort of get that that ticket for lack of a better term, is that go back and like do a lot of your exercise science modules or units tick off the PT? I already have a certificate. Yeah. Um, it's based off my degree. Yeah. So I just can reapply every year. Yeah. Um, because like everything we've studied at uni, a PT obviously does. Yeah. Um, 
So we come out being able to do exactly the same thing as they can do plus more. Plus more, um, yeah. So yeah, there's an organisation um, that just certifies any exercise scientist that yep. applies because obviously they've done the hard yakka. Almost overqualified, really, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So you're currently PTing in a in Oslo in that yeah. space down there. How, how yep. did that come about? Um, honestly, it came about by applying through a management position. Okay. Um, so I'm the manager there as well. Yep. Um, and then I PT outside those hours. Yeah. Um, so yeah. How do you find managing Oslo? Like that space? Yeah, it's it's different. Yeah. It's um, so obviously I've got experience working in a gym work and reception admin. Um, it's different. It's a different, you know, demographic. It's a different gym itself. Like um, you've been there. Yeah. It's not your standard kind of um, gym kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, bit modern, bit. Um, it's just new, isn't it? Like yeah. all, all, the, all the equipment and all the gear there is just new. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's different. Yeah. yeah. I find as well, because you guys have taken over that space. What was it before? Uh, what it was, was it before? insurance brokers, I think, yeah. or the jewelers so, or something. Like that must be the toughest thing about um, redoing a building that's not Converting. Built. Yeah, converting. Yeah that's yeah. not a gym you know and i think the space works well like yeah you've got your two areas you've got your upstairs downstairs yeah I functional think area obviously in you know obviously it'd be perfect if we could yeah. have it all in one floor yeah um but i think working with the two floors we have managed to make it um quite a successful flow yeah yeah, yeah. and you enjoying it over there yeah, yeah yeah absolutely i've got a lovely little staff over there i've got um two actually now just three as of today oh really trainers okay. yeah 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 so um Funny, I walked in there when when I came in um, a few months back. I walked in and I was like, "Oh, I know so many people here." Yeah. Like even some of the members and that that yeah. were doing their classes, and then obviously knew Josh and yes. Izzy as well. So yeah, yeah, it's a small world, isn't it? Yeah, very, yeah. very. Yeah. Um, do you do you do classes there? Like, do you yeah. run classes yeah, all the yeah. time? Um, so until recently, I didn't have set classes. I tried to get them all to the trainers, um, and I just kind of filled in when they couldn't. Um, but now I've taken over um, two of the classes, which has been really nice. Yeah. A bit of break from sitting at a desk all day, yep. which is nice, um, and it gets me a bit more involved. With the yeah, and just that well. like that relationship with the people in the yeah. class, because I gathered that the people that are doing the classes do them regularly. Yeah, normally yeah. we have the same people come four days a week. Yeah. Um, and it's great because you get to see so much progress yeah. and obviously it's different seeing it from the desk point of view, just kind of looking over and seeing what they're yeah. doing or whether I'm helping or whatever I'm doing, yeah. if you're actually fully involved and invested, it's very yeah. different. Yeah. And you guys were doing like some workshop seminars as well. Is that still going ahead? Um, we definitely have plans to do some more. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it just depends on what the trainers kind of want to do. Like yeah. we're pretty flexible there. It's kind of up to them what they want to do, how yeah. they want to run it. So, um. Maybe in early next year. Yeah. I guess it's dying down because of Christmas time. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, what's... Because um, you would be flat out with, um, obviously, managing, working. Yes. Ma- managing, because that must be just... Com- is that completely new to you as well? Because, um, like, your, your degree doesn't really cover any of that management style. Yeah. Oh, not really. I no. guess I kind of... I like to think I kind of just moved into it as... It kind of just yeah. was easy. Um, but I did reception admin at another local gym. Okay. Um, do you fit this for you with Jacqueline? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So Jacqueline really helped me um, kind of transition into yeah. that role, I guess. She kind of prepared me before we even knew I was leaving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah. I didn't realize you were at Fitness For You. Yeah. I love that space. Oh, it's yeah. amazing, gym. Oh, that was one of my favorite gyms in 
struggling for a long time. I've got to say, it's an amazing yeah. gym. Yeah, like the space there, the size, the sheer size of it alone, and the amount the pool of equipment. Like yeah. you see equipment there, I've not seen since being in Melbourne. Yeah, like there's very specialized equipment over there. It's yeah, great. he just and he just keeps loading it up. Like yeah, he does. Does he? Too. It's like, mate, you're gonna run out of room eventually. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. You should have seen it when it um was first open. Oh, like, it, it was empty. empty. Like, every now and then, because it. I think it opened in Jan and every Jan my memories pop up on my yes. phone of it and it's like empty and then you go in there now and it's like shoulder to shoulder with some of the equipment. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. cool to see how it's um, grown and expanded. Absolutely. Like they, yeah. they deserve it. They work so hard yeah. over there. Yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing, yeah. amazing gym. Yeah. So busy, busy life. How, how mm. do you go switching off? Um, oh goodness. I um, train horses as well really so okay. that's kind of my switch off time yep. when i'm home with them um so i break them in i retrain them what do you mean by break them in <laughs> um oh, like are these show horses or are these like thoroughbreds um so i don't really have a lot to do with thoroughbreds okay. um so like you'll see people say ott like off the track yep. um so they take them off from being a racehorse and turn them into like a, a show pony or yep. whatever they want to do um so what i do is i buy um on horse horses that have never been touched before so they're literally running wild um so my last three were all half sisters they um the stud just let them go wild. They couldn't afford them. Um, no one wanted them because you couldn't catch them. Do horses just live in the wild? Do yeah. They? Are uh, they yeah. Really? Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you serious? I feel so stupid now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right, so, we have like, Brumbies. Have you not heard of Brumbies? No. <laughs> Are you serious? It's a whole new world to me. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. So when, when you say like live in the wild, are we talking yeah. like out in a forest like what sort of yeah. terrain okay so these girls that i bought they were in the wild in the sense of like i don't know it was like a sixty thousand acre property okay. okay um you have what's called brumbies they run wild in like national forests all right and stuff so like there's nothing really around here are they a different like breed Oreo. like when you say brumbies um, is that a different breed oh or? you're testing my history they are whalers cross I think so like I, don't know. I ask like I know what you're gonna say I have no <laughs> idea. um so I hope I'm not wrong I really should know yeah. this they when they brought the horses back from one of the world wars okay. they let them run wild or they couldn't bring them home or something like okay. that um and they learned to basically breed and then there's been some people that actually let their horses out in the wild to breed with them to bring color into um their show ponies literally show yeah. Horses, yeah um or to like help um improve their heights because brum- brumbies are typically like quite not small Short and stocky they, they yeah. are yeah but um people want taller yeah. brumbies so they let them out like um so i go to Omeo and we used to chase some of the brumbies up there on horseback and you'd see some beautiful horses up there and that was because an old mate let out his pate stallion and okay. he let them breed with all the mares up there they just threw wonderful what's a mare? Uh, girl <laughs> okay right. yeah, yeah girl yeah. yeah um so you just go and yeah. catch them you can oh like, and don't suggest people we do it just like wild wild west with the yeah lasso. literally literally wow. you, obviously you have to be a really experienced rider because yeah, you have to ride um, and yeah yeah it's a multitask yes yeah. so i haven't caught them i've just chased them but we've camped with people that um they literally will just run up alongside a horse um chuck a rope around its neck and then tie it up for a couple of days till it's tired enough that they can actually handle them and get them home. Um, but yeah, it's... So how do you break in a 
wild horse. Yeah. So with mine, um, so you couldn't touch them. They're, they're basically a Brumby, yeah. um, just with fantastic breedings. Um, so they ran them onto um, a, a truck, basically. Yeah. So they cornered them into this metal fencing so they couldn't run through the fence, jump the fence, like all that kind of stuff. Like a sheep station. Literally yeah. like a sheep yeah. station. They go up a ramp, like a single file ramp, um, and they get pushed onto a truck. That's it. They can't hurt themselves in yeah. there. Um, they got shipped to me from Romeo. So what's that? Four hours? Yeah. 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 Four hours away. Um, and then they, I have a round yard, which is like metal fencing in a this circle. This is so completely <laughs> got off topic. No, I, this is so fascinating. Um, they backed the truck up. The horses ran off. And I've got, I had two and then yeah. I bought the third. So I bought the first and then I bought the two. So the two together in the round yard. Um, well, firstly, you got to kind of teach them that you're not going to hurt them. Yeah. So you got to... Um, like build that trust with them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is really hard having the two in the round yard together because they just wanted to run together. Yeah. So I had to kind of use my body to block one and separate them. Um, and then I'd get my partner to kind of stand or my brother, whoever was with me, kind of stand them and make them stay over there while I worked with the other. Yeah. Um, and then once you obviously be able to do that, you've got to learn to catch them. You've got to be able to touch them. You've yeah. got to lift up their feet. Um, I know I don't know. People see horses and they go, "I just pull them for a paddy, put a saddle on, and hop on." Nah. it's not like <laughs> nah. that. Nah, because they're, they're horses are scary animals when they're frightened, and they literally are a fright animal. Yeah. Like if they're scared of anything, they're running, they're bolting, yeah. they're bucking, they're kicking, and you don't want to be on a horse when they do that. Nah. Um, so you literally got to train that out of them. Like you got to train that if a leaf drops or someone you know opens a gate funky, yeah. that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're they're probably if they're wild they probably never hear sort of those noises. Absolutely. Do they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, like one of mine, she's never seen kids before. So anything small, yeah. she's petrified of. Like a kid. Even though she's like. Yeah, stall. she's massive. Yeah. 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 Um. So mum had friends over and her daughter tried to go up and pat her. This is after she did been broken like holy for work, and she's like what the hell is that little thing? Yeah. I was like snorting and sweating and stressing. So then um, do you then need to deliberately put literally. them into these situations? Yeah. Like obviously within reason, yes. but introduce them to kids and yes. introduce them to gates and squeaky mm-hmm. noises and whatnot. It's kind of like progressive overload in exercise. Yeah. Like you lift yeah. a little bit of weight, you lift a little bit more and more and more. Yeah. Um, and so maybe start off with a three kilo bicep curl, but maybe the end you can do a 15. So yeah. it's kind of like that. Like they get used to, you know, you clapping your hands and then eventually you can wave your arms and yell and scream yeah. and they don't shit themselves. Yeah. Like, and yeah. do you start off from like a distance, clapping your hands from distance and then getting closer and yeah it depends it really depends it's like a loaded question like you asked about arthritis it depends on the horse it depends on everything that's Um, so fascinating like if it's a windy day you're gonna be up shit creek trying to teach them anything like they won't they just you can't talk to them on average and i know it's definitely individualized (laughs) per horse but on average we're talking like six six months to break them in um so my so out of the three that i was talking about the wild ones i kept one I've had her a year and a half and I would still consider her what's called green broken. Okay. So that means I would not trust anyone to ride her. Yeah. Like if, if you wanted to ride a horse, I'd be like, yeah, I've got one for you, but it's not her. Yeah. Um, like she's still a little bit flighty. She's still not completely trained to yeah. a standard. Um, it really depends on the horse. Like one of her sisters, she went from wild to me how to sit on her back within 10 days. And that's like something a professional would be able to do within 10 days. Yep. Obviously I spent twice the amount of time getting there. Um, 
But yeah, and I think that was maybe three, four hours a day. Yeah. Maybe even five or six hours yeah. a day for ten days just so to then, sit on it. So then you sell you sell when they're broken in you then yeah. sell them off to horse trainers. <laughs> no, like people that want yeah. them. Oh, okay. So like that um girl that I was talking about, like I sat on her within ten days. I think I sold her after eight months. Right. Um and she went to a lady in Melbourne, um, and she was nearly classified as a beginner's horse that's what i mean like it really okay. depends yeah. like when i say eight months and she was nearly beginner's horse and that's yeah. really unheard of for a broken horse especially a three or four year old if you can't break a horse do you then like what do you do like have you ever yeah. been in that situation where like you might have had one for a few years and you're just not seeing any more progress i actually did and we found out it's because he had a fractured spine oh, wow. so like it wasn't that we couldn't break him he it's was just, just in pain he was in pain yeah. and we were just going oh this is a shit of a horse like yeah. he's been a turd or you know maybe he was abused we kind of thought he was abused um definitely showed signs of it um and it turns out he actually had a paddock accident so we How'd had to x-ray well he had a paddock accident okay we had to x-ray him and it showed an old fracture and a new fracture all right um, so yeah and then you healed how, how do you heal a horse's we back? had to put him down oh. it was really sad yeah. yeah that is sad yeah he was part of the family yeah. too um, but yeah we had to put him down because of that he was like neurologically he yeah. kept walking backwards smashing his head into things it was yeah really sad that is sad because yeah. you, you talk about it like it's just the norm and then I'm thinking like <laughs> like you get saddling up on your horse yeah and that's hat, it lasso <laughs> Chasing yeah. them, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So very cool. different. I didn't, I really did not know that that was a thing. Yeah, that people just do that. <laughs> yeah, I think. Well, my thing is because I've been riding since I don't know, I was a baby. Yeah, um, I get bored with the same shit. Yeah. Um, and like I have my personal horses, but I need to be challenged. Yeah. So I bring on that one or two horses on the side, um, and that's my challenge. Yeah, that keeps me invested in yeah. my horses still. Um, because yeah. If I'm not challenged. And like you said, like that switch, that's just switch off for you. From yeah. Work and then vice versa. Work's probably switch off from. The exactly. As well like because, sometimes yeah. it's enough. Like yeah. leave me alone. You're doing my head in. <laughs> that, like, horses, I know a few people that own horses and they, um, just the amount of time that they need yes. to put into them is ridiculous. Like going yeah. down, feeding them, brushing them, moving them, making sure they're moving. Like, mm. yeah. Like yeah. another human. <laughs> oh, literally. More than a human. Probably yeah. more. And, um, like, it's really unique with horses. Like, they injure themselves. The chances are that's a bigger injury than yeah. what you think. Like, if you cut your leg, you'll be fine. I don't yeah. really want to hear about it. But if a horse does <laughs> oh, it, thanks. like, you're out there every yeah. single day, you know, bandaging it, you know, giving them injections. Yeah. And, like, there's such a high risk of them dying from yeah. little things like that. Yeah. Like, they're high maintenance. So, what are your... <laughs> we've gone way off topic, yeah. but this is so cool what are your again probably a loaded question what are your thoughts on because we're coming into like spring uh, mm. Melbourne Cups next weekend mm. is that sort of like a no you don't you don't agree with that because obviously there's always stories of horses injuring themselves in yeah on Melbourne Cup day and probably every other racing day yeah I think it's a very loaded question yeah um I can see both sides of the spectrum and I think I sit in the middle yeah um like you see like because I'm obviously I'm involved with a lot of trainers I did have an off the track but she was a breeder she wasn't a riding riding horse um I've seen the bad sides when they get really abused they get um you know to the point that you can't ride them and that's what this mare was um because of how she was treated yeah um you know she, she wasn't looked after very well. It wasn't great. Um, but then I've also seen 
owners that are so invested in their horses, um, they give them the care they actually need. Um, And those horses end up being, you know, just the best ridden horses afterwards. Um, It's it's a really loaded question. It's like saying, like, what do you think about dog owners? Well, you have good dog owners, you have shit dog owners. It's the same thing. Um, Maybe it's a little bit more on steroids because there's money involved and people obviously are financially driven. But, yeah. What do... When when a horse retires from... Mm like when a thoroughbred retires, do they then get transitioned into like a show horse or do they, yeah. are they done? Like do they just live depends. their days in the paddock? It depends on the owners. Yep. Um, you'll find there's quite a few good um, breeders, trainers, owners, whoever's responsible for them. Um, they actually send them off to professional off the track um, retrainers. Okay. Um, so there's quite a few of them really well known around here. Um, sorry, in Geelong, I should say. Um, and so they get them, they let them spell in the paddock, or what's called spelling is resting, basically, because yep. um, they've got to mentally switch off from going, how fast can I go to now learning a new skill? Because yeah. completely different yeah. racing compared to ridden. Um, they've also got to like physiologically, physically um, recover. Yeah. They're, you know, overworked. The hard feed they've been fed has probably destroyed their gut and caused ulcers. So you have to okay. treat for that. Um, and yeah, then they get um, trained and then they get sold on to approved homes. Yeah. Um, but then you do have some that obviously get injured. They just sit in the paddock somewhere or they could be shot or yeah. put down or who knows where they go, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Right, last last horse question. Yeah, go for it. Horseshoes. Yeah, yeah. Do you put them? Oh, you obviously don't. Do you put them on? Yeah. You put them on. Yeah, I was asked like this actually once, the other day. Once they're broken in, I yeah. don't know why I'm so shocked about that. Once they're broken in and you can approach them and hold their hooves yeah. and whatnot, you yeah. put them on. Sorry. I'm not supposed to. I'm not qualified. <laughs> nothing. I do it though. Yeah. Um, the reason I do it is because I've got a lot of experience doing it. I do not expect, I have a wonderful farrier. I love him, but I do not expect him to throw out his back and hurt his back because What's a farrier? farrier, it's like a, it's like a, um, a horse hoof person. Okay. So like a nail technician, okay. but for horses, okay. there's actually, it's a profession. I promise. It's a I've, real thing. I've seen it on my TikTok every yeah. now and then. Yeah. And there's horses that they must not have had their um, yes. shoes changed in ages yes. and they get like full um, chisels and literally like, so that's yeah. what I do yeah and that's what they do um, so I don't expect him to be handling my horses when they aren't well behaved um, obviously when they're learning they're not going to be well behaved yeah. um, so my pa actually does it as well so we all do it ourselves um, he comes out because I have a pony that's got a special condition and he yeah. needs obviously specialized works so he does that but um, yeah I do it myself most people don't though and then change them. How, how long yeah. does a horseshoe last? Um, it depends. Depends on <laughs> it's a the train and everything. Literally yeah, on the right. horse, everything. Um, roughly like six, eight weeks. Yeah. Sometimes because you you must have to do it. Like, <laughs> I'm going to relate to having a puppy. Yeah. But um, whenever I get a new puppy, I always when they're asleep play with their feet so they yeah, get literally. used to playing. Yes. So you they get used to yes. you touching their feet. So I have two dogs. One dog that I didn't do it enough. He hates his feet being touched. Yes. The other one, we did it heaps and he doesn't mind it. Exactly Same right. with horses? Yeah. So you've got to learn for them to pick it up, but then they pick it up and they want to put all the weight on you. Yeah. So you've got to learn for them to hold their own leg up and you go in a whole heap of different positions when you're doing their feet um, and they've got to be patient with you as well. Like I take way too long to do their yeah. feet. Like they've got to stand there for like maybe half an hour to do all fours. That's four of them, yeah. That's four feet. It's half an yeah. hour a long time. It's oh, four of them. Yes. It used to take yeah. me about an hour to two hours sometimes. Like uh-huh. I have to break it up. Um, I'm a bit of a perfectionist as yeah. well, but um, obviously I'm slower than um, my what's barrier. A, what's a, how fast is a 
average one, like 20 oh, minutes, 15 minutes? They can, without shoeing, so without putting the metal thing on, they still have to do a whole lot of work. They could probably get that done in five minutes sometimes. Wow. Like that's if they're flying with, through it with a great horse. Yeah. Um, with sharp tools and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. That's so cool. That's it a whole is. new world. It is. Definitely a whole Don't new world. Don't get into it. Horses are not <laughs> worth it sometimes. I but love them, but... Like, the ones you see and the ones that my friends have and whatnot, when I see them, I'm like, oh... They love their horses and the horses yeah. love their owners back. Yeah. But to get to that point, must just like training any animal must just take it's a lot of so, time. So draining, yeah. so long. Like I love them. I, you know, I wouldn't wish that I didn't have horses, but. It's, yeah. Well, you keep going back. <laughs> oh, obviously. But like, oh, there's just so many people that go into it and then they're like, this is just so the, yeah. not. Yeah. yeah, You go into it knowing the amount of time and effort you need. Exactly right. I mean, that's why I keep buying them, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, enough horse talk. Yes, yes. <laughs> What's next for you? For me? Yeah. Um, masters. Yep. Yep. Cool. Of exercise physiology. Nice. What yeah. What does that do mean? Um, so for me, it, it kind of means that I have the clearance to work with people with chronic diseases without getting the nod of approval from anyone yeah. else basically obviously within reason um but at the moment i have to contact their rheumatologist i have to contact their gp and be okay. like hey you all sweet with me you know getting james to do resistance training because he's got disease x and they're like yeah that's all i need but as an ep i don't need that and yeah. obviously there's a whole heap of knowledge you learn yeah um but yeah what does your master's for that look like um is as in like like two years and yes full-time or is it so full-time a year and a half um, part-time three years. Okay. Yeah. And how, how are you planning on doing it? Or you haven't worked it out yet? Um, oh, I'm in two minds. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, um, a degree. So I, I'm going to a uni. I don't know anyone's been to. Yep. Um, so the unis everyone else has been to said like the first three to six months, you don't have a life doing a full time. Like you can't yep. work. Even people that do it part time, they can barely struggle working 15 hours and yep. I'm a workaholic. I love working. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. Your horses won't have any time either then. I know. I know. <laughs> literally. Literally. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's just, there's so much to obviously consider. And then my health yeah. as well. Like, where is that going to be yeah, when I start? Um, so, yeah. That's exciting for you though. And you must be pretty confident in your own health and mm. your management of it to commit to something like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Um, so that's why I've tra- decided to go with the university. It's completely online. Yep. Um, so all the other universities, you have to be on campus on, in Melbourne four okay. days a week. I can't do that. I yeah. can't travel down there. My health won't let me, and I'm not moving yeah, from my horses. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I'm going with this online uni, um, and that's a sacrifice I kind of yep. have to make for that. So career-wise, mm. by the end of that, do you then, like, big picture, do you then open up your own practice or... I can still do what I'm doing, yep. basically. Um, so I do a lot of online stuff as well as in person. Um, I guess it's kind of like that on steroids. Yep. Um, like I could open up my own clinic. I could work, you know, how like physios have rooms you can hire. Yeah. I could work okay. out of there. I can work out of a hospital because um, they have a lot of EPs out yep. there. Um, it's kind of, there's so many different jobs and yeah. opportunities. Like you can go into, um, there's a bloke in Morwell that runs a, a company. I can't remember what it's called, but he takes on people that have been um, in car crashes and oh. he helps them return to um, return to work. So it's not right. even return to exercise. Yeah. It's literally using exercise to get them to return to Back work. Back to work, yeah. Um, so many opportunities. Is and there a certain area or setting that you'd like? Like a hospital or yeah. is it like a physio clinic? I think I... As much as I'd love to work in a hospital setting because you get to see people, um, 
with all different diseases and all different stages, um, I wouldn't be following up with them. You know, it'd be a short-term yeah. thing, which I wouldn't enjoy. I like seeing um, people's the progress. progress over yeah, a their story, of time. Yeah. absolutely. Um, so maybe working with people through that way would be um, what I'd enjoy most. Kind yeah. of what I'm doing now, obviously, yeah. just with more clearance. And like, I imagine your clients or patients, clients, patients, clients. <laughs> we'll go with clients. Yeah, we'll go with I clients, imagine yeah. your clients must be so trusting in you as well knowing that Mm. you're going through something very similar as them because it must be hard as someone like i'm sure you wouldn't want to go see um uh exercise whatever that doesn't have or doesn't fully understand the chronic disease and the pain and the yes day-to-day struggles so every one of my clients have said to me in some capacity like I went with you because you have experience yeah. or, um, you know, I've had these experiences with these other trainers or whoever I've been with, they didn't understand. They caused me a flare up. They made me go backwards, whatever it was. They've had a negative experience. Yeah. Um, so it is really nice hearing that they yeah. do trust me. And that's why I'm open about it because a lot of people aren't yeah. and there's not enough known about those diseases and stuff like that, that if I can change one person's day, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, that's and really even awesome. if like, if they're coming in from a negative experience, yes. if you can then turn that into a positive experience and let them start thinking oh well maybe i can get on top of this well that's a that's a huge win absolutely especially when they've been like it's almost degrading how some doctors treat their patients like you can't do this you can't do that it's put all these limitations on them and then they come and me i'm like you can do all that like we can just work towards it um so it's yeah it's or even or even like you said those doctors that um or their specialists that and it's purely their belief that oh, the only treatment yeah. is pharmaceuticals. Yeah, yeah, and I think, like, probably going off topic, but I think it's... I'm not trying to bash doctors, but it's what they learn. They learn medicine. They go yeah. to practice medicine. They don't learn exercise. They don't yeah, learn nutrition. Um, but unfortunately, I think we need to open our eyes that maybe the doctor's not always got yeah. the right answer. They've got one answer, and that's fine. Or even if, like, just like you said, opening, opening mm. their mind to, all right, well, here's what I think, but... If you yeah. want to go in and explore other avenues, yeah. go ahead. I'm yes. here when when you want to chat. Not a lot of doctors offer yeah. that. I've been yeah. in very many consultation rooms where they're I like, you imagine. need to take this yeah. pill, otherwise this will happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's really, yeah, yeah. that's what that's all they need to do. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on today. It was awesome hearing your story and thank you for being so open and that's honest. That's all right. Thanks all. for having me. And thank you for teaching about horses <laughs> too. That's just opened up my, my mind. Yeah. That's yeah, so cool. I can't believe you didn't know there was brombies. Like what? <laughs> I know. I know. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's very interesting. Yeah. 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 And I've learned just as much as you, I reckon. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks.